Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host. And guys, we're listening to episode, well, you're listening to, I am talking through episode 51 of the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. You guys, it has been almost a year since this podcast has debuted and you guys have been so, so amazing. So just thank you to everyone who shows up week after week to have this conversation of personal growth and healing so that we can have the emotional and mental space to create positive generational change. And if you have not rated and reviewed this podcast yet and you are coming week after week, could you pause for just a hot second and scroll down and leave a rating and review because they are the lifeline for podcasts and also just small businesses in general. And so today, you guys, we're going to talk about the difference between two things. This episode has been on my mind and my heart for a little while, so I'm glad that it's finally kind of coming to fruition today. We're going to talk about the difference between perfection and excellence. And I have realized that I am not a perfectionist (laughs) in the sense of needing everything to be perfect. I do not have this type A, like meticulous personality. And I would always deny the fact that I was a perfectionist when someone would ask. But recently, I have been kind of doing some self-reflection. And I think that I actually tend to be a perfectionist. For one, I am... I'm a firstborn, okay? I'm also a three on the Enneagram. If you know that, it's an achiever if you don't. So I am pretty driven. But I think my perfectionism is driven by excellence, not um, order, if that makes sense. I have a hard time committing to something. If I am not 100% sure, I'm going to be great at it. Like I have this insatiable appetite for... I don't know if it's greatness or whatever, but like in high school, okay, making varsity my first year playing wasn't enough for me. I also needed to be captain. And if I wasn't, I felt like I had failed in some way. And I I was, I was captain. And then in college, I wasn't just okay with being recruited. I wanted to be captain my freshman year. And I was, but who freaking thinks like that, right? Who thinks that if you don't become captain of your freshman year playing collegiate volleyball, that you have failed? That would be me. (laughs) And then when I transferred and played club at University of Cincinnati, my junior and senior year of college, I was the president of that team. So for me, like good enough has never been good enough. It is either the highest, I don't even know, rank, I guess, in a possible position or bust. In my life, in my life, like that has served me really well as far as my work ethic goes or whatever. But honestly, like it also completely will cripple me. And I don't know if any of you guys can relate to this. Like I sat on my idea for this podcast for over a year and I told myself I was delaying or perfecting it or whatever you want to call it because I wanted it to be great content for you guys, which was true. But when I dig deeper, the true reason was is that I really wanted to get on the new and noteworthy section on iTunes. Like that is an elite level of new podcast and I wanted to be on that. And if I wasn't going to be able to get on it, I already knew that I would feel like it wasn't good enough. And so I just sat on it for so freaking long and I sat on my money course and trusted for months before I, you know, started it. And I would just put off the launch of it because I wanted a six figure launch right out of the gate because I know others who have done that with their first launch. And listen, newsflash, I did not make it onto the new and noteworthy podcast. I can't even talk. Nor did I have a six-figure launch right out of the gate. And guess what? All is fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> All is fine. I still love to podcast. It is one of my most favorite things. I love the community that it has built. I um, love my course. It has been life-changing for the people who are in it, um, but it wasn't six figures. Who freaking cares? Do you know what I mean? And it's funny because once all of that didn't happen, once I didn't make the new and noteworthy, once I didn't have a six-figure launch, it was fine. Like no one freaking died. It's all going to be okay, right? And I talked to Kendra Hennessy from Mother Like a Boss a few episodes back, and we talked about how procrastination is just a form of perfectionism. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because I am a huge procrastinator. But I really do my best work when I am up against a hard deadline. Anyone else? <laughs> I also did uh, Mary Kay for, uh, actually, it was about nine years ago. And I started off super strong my first month. But then I had a baby. I started Mary Kay at eight months pregnant. Okay. With my first. And so then I kind of died out. And every once in a while, I would try to pick it back up again. And then I would start and stop and start and stop and whatever else. And I remember... Talking to my director, this might have been five, five, six years ago now, but I remember specifically saying, and it sounds ridiculous now, but I remember saying, I don't know that I will ever fully commit to Mary Kay again because I don't like my story, also known as my journey through the company. Because what I wanted my story to be was that I signed up and I, you know, went from signing up with my contract to earning my first free car and becoming a director in like four months because other people have done that. And since I wasn't able to do that, and technically it would have been like, you know, six years or whatever, since I had signed my contract at the point I was talking to my director about this, I was like, I can't ever do that now. I can't ever have that story. And so I didn't like that. And so I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I am a peach, right? I probably need some therapy. I know I'm super, uh, I don't even know what that word is. Annoying, probably. But after some reflection and kind of knocking myself off of whatever freaking pedestal I had put myself on, I began to realize that what I thought I was aiming for was excellence in every single thing that I did. But in reality, it was perfection. Perfect grades, perfect leadership, perfect leadership role, perfect athlete, perfect consultant, perfect business strategist, podcaster, course creator, like you name it, but perfection and excellence, you guys are not the same thing. Like think about this, the greatest major league baseball batting average of all time is 0.366. Y'all that is under 37%. <laughs> that is nowhere close to hundred percent imperfect. The greatest basketball NBA three point shooter average is 46%. Y'all that is under 50%. And the greatest NFL pass completion percentage of all time is 67.7%. All of those players are the epitome of excellence when it comes to their careers in playing, but they are nowhere near perfect. And I think sometimes we feel like being perfect at something is a way to achieve excellence, right? I think that's what I thought. And it makes sense. But the problem is, as we know, it's not real. <laughs> perfectionism does not exist. It's like chasing a freaking ghost. You can never arrive at perfection. So how discouraging, and I can speak from experience, how discouraging is a life built in pursuit of perfection? Another thing perfectionism does is it makes you despise your journey. Like I said, with my Mary Kay journey, right? 
which I am forever thankful for Mary Kay because it just lit my entrepreneurial spirit. But I wanted a more bold and a sexier story than the one I had. And that's annoying. <laughs> that's annoying for me and everyone around and probably you for those of you who are listening. So I'm learning to just chill out. I'm learning to fix my eyes on excellence and not perfectionism, right? And it, it's a slight adjustment. Like I said, I used to think that I was in pursuit of excellence. That's why I was trying to be perfect, but it's just not the same thing. And so you guys, I'm a work in progress. Oh my goodness. But it has been a humbling experience for sure. And so I feel like excellence looks like just showing up every single week and just ditching the perfectly planned out, meticulously thought out content, right? Great content is needed, but it does not have to be perfect. It looks like having integrity. Like I preach personal development and self-awareness. So I have to be on that journey also. Like I don't expect any of you. I think this is how it works, right? None of us expect anyone else to be perfect, but we expect that of ourselves. Why? Like why? <laughs> we never expect to like walk into our friend's house unexpected if we had to for whatever reason and expect their house to be spotless. So then why are we all of a sudden awkward when someone like randomly shows up at our house and it's not perfectly clean? Like we're so hard on ourselves. But excellence also looks like high standards and not perfect ones. There's a difference. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> you know, like good enough is good enough. And that's not a cop out of excellent work. It's a freaking lifeline for me to be able to breathe and be present with my family and to turn my brain off. And excellent to me looks like contribution and learning. This is a big one. Learning that my knowledge and expertise that I have specifically can help others. And it is selfish to keep it to myself until I can package it perfectly. It is selfish for me to keep whatever knowledge or whatever that experience that I have that could help someone else to myself until I can figure out how to package it perfectly. Just as someone else has, you know, the information, you might have information from your own experiences, your own lessons and whatever that I could desperately need or someone else could desperately need. And listen, we don't need it to be in a pretty bow. We just want help in whatever area that we need help with. And also just being relatable, I feel like is part of excellence because no one can relate to perfection. No one can relate to someone who knows everything or acts like they know everything. It's annoying. <laughs> it is annoying, right? And we're like, okay, whatever, you're dumb. Because we all know that that person isn't perfect anyways, even if they're acting like it. And so I think that excellence also looks like enjoying each step of the journey. And I think that would be a big um, tell. If you feel like whatever journey you're on, be it motherhood, entrepreneurship, um, you know, marriage, whatever it might be. If you feel like you are beating yourself up because you didn't do this good enough, you didn't do that good enough. And like the journey sucks for you. I would consider you to kind of self-reflect a little bit and see if you are chasing perfectionism or excellence in this. Because when we are chasing perfectionism, like I said, it typically has good intentions right? Like we just want to be the best or the, or we just, we just want to be good, <laughs> whatever the heck we're doing. Um, but if you are someone who is not enjoying the journey, like I often don't, I would wonder if you were chasing excellence over perfection, because that's typically what it looks like for me. That's typically a pretty telltale sign that my eyes are fixed on the wrong thing which looks like me being so daggone focused on the end result that everything else looks like a failure unless that goal is hit. 
Hey guys, okay, so I am popping in real quick to let you know that I have a 90 day budget coaching program. Basically, I become your financial BFF for like 90 days straight. I create a budget for you based off of your specific numbers and we work closely through every single paycheck that you have. I would be there if someone does not get overtime. If you get a flat tire or car have car problems, get extra money that you maybe don't know what to do with. And there are only two spots left for a 2020 start date. And so if you are interested in getting your finances in order before the end of 2020, go to simsarrows.com slash budget coaching. You know, I think a lot of times we strive for perfection over excellence in motherhood too. This is where the mom guilt comes in. Oh my goodness. We see, you know, Susie baking perfect birthday cakes and brownies with her kids. And then Sally is over here being PTO president and Michelle has all her kids matching, looking like freaking models 24 seven. And then you got Jessica over here feeding her kids straight up organic home-cooked meals from scratch, and they've never run through a McDonald's in their entire life. Okay, here's the problem, y'all. Then we try to be all of those things. And even if we don't try, because we kind of know deep down that it's impossible, we still have this underlying feeling of guilt that we should be able to do each of those things. Because if someone is doing it, then I should be able to do it too. That's at least how my mind thinks. But what we don't recognize is that Jessica our organic queen, well, her kids never have matching clothes on and she won't volunteer for the PTA and she does not bake. And then Susie, who bakes perfect themed cookies, drove through McDonald's with her kids before they started baking together and her kids don't even wear clothes because they are all toddlers. And then Sally, our PTO president, swings through McDonald's, pays for Susie to bake her kids' birthday cookies for school, and then, you know, lets her kids dress herself and literally could not care if somebody's wearing green with blue with purple with pink and tie-dye. Who cares? I mean, the point is, is that no one is doing all of the things. And if they are, they have help of some kind, which also, you guys, if we are having some help, can we normalize saying that? <laughs> if we are like running a really crazy looking life with a perfect X, Y, and Z, can we just normalize that like, hey, we have some help. We have a cleaning lady who comes every other week. She's amazing. And I am very open about that. I, in the starter episode of this podcast, episodes literally zero, I think it's on here, the setting the stage, I talk about a friend of mine who happened to come to my house twice. And it was like the afternoon after the morning of <laughs> my friend came to clean my house. And she never said anything. And I have four kids, four little kids, you guys. Um, and she never said anything. She left. And then she texted me and was like, and she had just had her second, maybe second baby. And she was like, okay, can you just tell me all your tricks? Because how is your house always that spotless with you? Like you have four little boys, like how in the world? And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so she had texted me. This text was like a couple days after she had visited. My house was looked like a bomb went off per use. And what I immediately did was not be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I'm just, I keep my house clean. No, what I did was I just literally took this like panoramic picture of my house that was a mess. Cushions off the couch because they were playing floors lava, you know, dinner from pots and pans and the thing. Like we had Cheerios crushed up on the floor, like just a normal freaking day in the Sims household. And I took a picture of that and I sent it to her in under 15 seconds because I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that you had 
randomly come the two days, you know, the two days that you would come into my house were the random days that I have somebody clean my house. And so I owned that, right? And she was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. This is what my house looks like too. Like, and then that helps her. So let's not, if we are getting someone to babysit our kids all the time and we're having somebody clean our house and we're ordering, you know, food from some kind of meal service delivery thing, or we have in-laws who are always like bringing us food and watching our kids and doing our laundry and doing all that kind of stuff. Because I know all kinds of people who have that kind of support. Maybe not all of that, but pick and choose, right? Name it. Like freaking tell people that. (laughs) Because when you just put it all out there, And you look like you have this perfect life and you are handling it all. It makes everyone else feel like, well, dang, I must freaking suck. And we're all doing the best that we can. And so anyways, as a soapbox, but if you're getting help, you don't have to tell everybody like, okay, whatever. I'm just saying like, if you're getting help, own it. When somebody asks you, we don't have to act like we're doing it all of ourselves. And actually John Maxwell, who is a big leadership expert once said, and I'm paraphrasing here, I don't have an exact quote. I always feel bad for people who claim to be self-made, whether it is self-made millionaire or entrepreneur or whatever it may be. And he says, how sad is it to be self-made? Because how much more could you have done if you would have been a team of people and or would have had a team of people around you? Like you can only do so much by yourself. We have limits, but with a team, you can do so much more. So you guys, let's buy those cookies from the mama that bakes and encourages her and just encourage her. Like, let's enjoy the leadership of the PTO mom so that we ain't got to freaking do it. (laughs) Let's compliment the mamas that go to great lengths to match their babies. Let's learn a little something from the mom who eats and cooks all organic. We all have different values and are all in different seasons. Like I have been in seasons when I would cook a lot and my kids did not watch any TV. And then I had more than one kid. Okay, I'm kidding, kind of. But I've had seasons where Mickey Mouse babysitted my kid while he ate Cheerios and I worked. It's all fine, you know? Like, yes, there are studies out there on screen time, and of course, nutrition is a thing. And so, everything in moderation. But can we all just breathe a little bit? Can we all just do what we need to do for the season we are in and not feel guilty as hell all the time? Right? Like we feel so guilty because we have so much information in our faces all day long. And Pinterest alone, you guys, is enough to make me want to throw my whole house away and start over. Good Lord, I wish that I could be an interior decorator in my brain. I cannot. Like, side note, literally if I if we're looking at houses and they have really awful, god-awful paint colors, I can't, I will not buy the house. And my husband's like, Stephanie, we would just paint it a different color. I'm like, I know, but I can't vision. (laughs) I can't envision what it would look like when they have this god-awful like lime, you know, like pea green in the living room and like a, you know, I don't know, like brown and pink sofa with like purple toilets. Like I can't, (laughs) I cannot figure out how to, in my brain, what that would look like, right? So Pinterest alone with all the awesome farmhouse decor, I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. But anyways, if we can instead strive for excellence, which basically looks like showing up as our best selves every single day. But here's the catch. Your best self some days looks like organic dinner and no screen time and football in the backyard. 
Others, it looks like running through McDonald's like a ragged mess and having Mickey Mouse and Mario Kart on all day. When I did CrossFit, they would stress this, that on any given day, your max for whatever lift they were doing could be different based on how your body felt, what you've eaten that day, where your mind was, and whatever else. And it's no different for us. Perfection, you guys, is aiming to be the best you've ever been every single day. Excellence is aiming to be the best you can be giving the circumstances of your day. And there is a difference. So let's adjust our sights and give ourselves grace upon grace upon grace today.